0: Give God some more praise this morning. Come on. Uh, So good to see you guys this morning. As our kids go to their classes and get ready for the Word of God. That song means so much to our family because that song, many years ago, was a, a song where my mom was on her way to her first chemotherapy, right? And she was honest with God and said, Lord... I'm scared. You ever been just scared? And she turns on the radio, and that song just happened to start. And it was a reminder to her that in the midst of anything she's going through, God is great, and God has a plan. And today she's been cancer free how many years now? 15 years cancer free. And she has used her experience to help countless women. So God is good. As we go to the Bible, we're going to go to Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 25. Mark chapter 8, beginning at verse 22. And I just want to applaud you guys. You guys remain standing because you know you stand for the Word of God. Yeah, give yourself a round of applause. I didn't have to tell you this Sunday, so we're, we're, doing, we're doing better. So Mark chapter 8, verse 22, this is what the Word of God says. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. And they begged him to touch the man and heal him. And Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. then spitting in the man's eye... He laid his hands on him and he asked, Can you see anything now? And the man looked around. He said, Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. And Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. And his eyes were opened, his sight was completely restored. And he could see everything clearly. He could see everything clearly. I want to speak on this subject this morning. Better isn't best. Come on, say it with me. Better isn't best. How many of you are better right now? You're saying, Pastor, I've been better now. I'm doing better. I'm, things are better. And... What if I told you better isn't best? And through this message, I believe the Lord is going to teach you the three stages of healing. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, no other name, I pray that you would use me today to preach your word. Apart from you, we are nothing. Father, we are weak. And I pray, Lord, that you will give us wisdom, understanding in this message this morning. Lord, that it just be applied to our lives as we grow more and become more like you, Jesus. Bless us now with your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, you guys can have a seat. As we get into this subject, better isn't best. There's a... A lot of us today, as a pastor, I talk to a lot of people and they really begin to say, well, I just wish my life were better. And I wish my marriage was better. I wish my kids were better. I wish my finances were better. I, I wish this was better. And all of us are trying to really better ourselves. We're trying to better our lives. And we have this obsession with not only being better for ourselves, but we want to be better than that other person. We want a better house. We want a better car. We want a better job so that we can be better than that other person because this is a world that we really thrive on really being better. But what if better is not best? See, as you look in the Bible, we read this passage, there's a man who was struggling because he was blind. And the Bible was clear that through the context, this man was not always blind because, one, he knew what trees and people looked like. Another, one say, another verse says that the man's life was restored, his sight was restored, and to restore means to bring back like it used to be. So we know in the context that this man wasn't always blind. At one point in his life, everything was good. Everything was fine. He was able to see, but we don't know why something happened. We don't know if it was sudden and tragic or if it was slow, but this man lost his eyesight. And because this man couldn't see, he had a lot of difficulties in his life. But see, this man had a group of people that the Bible says they brought him to Jesus. And Jesus healed him. And when I looked at this passage, I started really thinking about how many people today in this world need healing. Maybe physically, but also emotionally. Emotionally. And there's a lot of us that carry pain. There's a lot of us that carry sadness. There's a lot of us that carry a burden from the past and choices. And a lot of people today, I believe, may even come to church, but they're in need of healing. In fact, to heal. We don't really talk about it a lot. But healing is defined as being made well from a wound. But when Jesus healed, that word heal in the Bible, it literally means to be complete and whole and restored. So when Jesus came and He healed people, the Bible is letting know that these are people that were not complete. Let me give you an example. Just yesterday, I was helping Danny out set up for this baby shower and setting up these tent roofs for some shade and as we completed the roofs I noticed that on the ground there were some pipes left over, some pieces how many of you know that's a bad sign? when you build something and you think it's complete, you think it's sturdy, you think it's right and when I looked at the ground there were pipes everywhere and I thought they were leftovers but I thought well no big deal But then I was quickly reminded that those parts came actually from another tent, another roof we had, but all those parts went missing. I lost them. And because those parts were missing, and the tent was not whole, it was not complete, it was not able to be used. Because it was not complete, because it was not whole, had I even tried to set it up, it would have really fallen all apart. And I believe that is a perfect example of what it means when you're not whole, when you're not complete in life. I believe there's a lot of people that are missing something. There's a lot of people that because of this tent it feels like they're missing a part of their lives and it's really damaging their life. If I try to set up the tent, it would have just fallen apart. Could it be today that's why so many people are falling apart? So many families are falling apart. So many marriages are falling apart. So many churches are falling apart because within us, there's this need to be healed. There is a need to be restored. There's a need for Jesus to truly touch our lives and put things back together so that the Lord can actually use you, that the Lord can actually complete you. But see, we live this life just moving on with wounds. We move on with these pains we carry. And see, here's some three things I'm convinced about. Number one, all of us have wounds. Can you get a man on that one? All of us have wounds. Some of us have wounds from the past. Wounds from people that have hurt you. Some families are wounded right now. Some marriages are wounded right now. There are individuals that go through life wounded. We go to work, we go to church, we live our lives, our routine, but we get real good at hiding our wounds. Not only do I believe all of us carry a wound in our lives, but what I really am convinced that, that not everyone is free. Not everyone is well. Not everyone is complete. So though everyone gets wounded, not everyone gets healed. And the third thing I'm convinced about is actually found in verse 22. When they arrived to Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. The third thing I'm convinced about is there are some wounds you carry in your life that only Jesus can heal. That only Jesus can restore. That only Jesus can make better and actually fix and deliver. And while everyone has wounds, not everyone gets healed. And we live in this world now where people are desperately trying to find healing. I thought about in the Bible a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. 12 years. And the the sad thing about this passage is not that this woman was sick for 12 years, but the Bible says she spent everything she had. On doctors and medicine, I have nothing against doctors and medicine, but what's sad is, is that this woman's physical problem was actually a result of a spiritual one, and only Jesus could heal. And for 12 years, she wasted her life and her time and her money. And isn't that the society we're living in right now? Everyone is wounded and we're all trying to find healing. So we do it through money, through pleasure, through items, through possessions. We're trying to feel ourselves better. We're going through these distractions, trying to get better within ourselves because we're wounded from our past. We're wounded from people that have hurt us. We're wounded from mistakes that we've made. So we carry this wounds and we try to find freedom we try to find healing but only Jesus can heal and they brought him to Jesus so there comes a point in your life that you have to tell God I've had enough of these wounds I've had enough of this depression. I've had enough of this addiction. I've had enough of this sin. I've had enough of this obstacle. I've had enough of this, Lord. And I'm bringing it to you. They brought him to Jesus. And as I read that, as I really read that, I noticed something. They brought him to Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you're frustrated because you're saying, Pastor, I have brought it to Jesus. I have brought it to the Lord in prayer. I have asked God to help me. I have asked God to heal me. I have brought it to the Lord. I have asked Jesus to help me and change this about my life, about me. But it hasn't worked. Is it me or is it God? I've brought it to the Lord. And we preach this in the church in a cute way. Just bring it to the Lord and everything will get better. But I don't want to lie to you. You can bring something to the Lord and it will never change. In fact, there's a Bible scripture that says there was a demon-possessed boy and the man goes to Jesus and says, I brought you my son and nothing has worked. Why? You say, Pastor, it didn't work. I, I brought it to Jesus. I haven't changed. Did you notice that they brought him to Jesus but he did not get healed? In the scriptures, many times, Jesus would heal instantly and change lives right away. But in this occasion, they brought him to Jesus, which was the right thing to do. But nothing changed. Are you tired? Notice, they brought him to Jesus and they begged him. But do you know that even begging God is not going to change your situation? And we have a lot of beggars in the church that you're begging, Lord, please, God, please, please, God Almighty, please. Lord, please change it. Please help me, Lord. Please take it away. Please, God, please. You think God's going to say, well, because you begged, I'm going to do it. And you're begging God for a better life. You're begging God for a spouse. You're begging God for a child. You're begging God for healing. You're begging God for help. You're begging God for change. You're begging God for a breakthrough. But see, you can bring it to God. You can beg God and nothing changes. Do I have your attention? So we need to stop this idea that if you just bring it to the Lord, He's going to fix it. Why didn't Jesus fix it when they brought Him? I want you to notice in this passage, Jesus touched this man three times. And we make the mistake that we think that he touched him twice. I, I see sermon titles that, oh, the second touch, and he touched him twice. Jesus didn't touch this man twice. He touched him three times. The Bible says that Jesus took him by the hand. Is that not a touch? And then Jesus touched his eyes and he saw blurry. And then Jesus touched them again. Let's do the math. If I touch your hand and then I touch your eyes and then I touch your eyes again, how many times did I touch you? All right. You learned something, right? And the reason that this man had to be touched three times by Jesus to be healed is because the Lord is letting us know through this scripture, there are three stages to healing. So if you're wounded, and you've brought it to the Lord, and you've begged Him, but nothing's changed, is because you have not gone through all three stages. Do you want to be healed this morning? Do you, are you tired of saying, Pastor, I'm tired of begging God. I'm tired of asking Him. I'm tired of bringing it to the Lord and nothing changes. I think God is tired of it too. Three stages to healing. So I'm convinced everyone here, here is wounded. Everyone here something in their lives, within themselves, within their situation, you want God to change. In fact, could you show me your hands if you're here you're saying, Pastor, I can think of one area in myself or in my life I really want God to change, that I have brought Him, I have brought it to the Lord, but nothing. I want you to think like these ping pong balls are like that thing in your life you want God to change. I don't know what your ping pong ball looks like, but maybe you're saying, God, I, I have like all these bad emotions. I have depression. I have anxiety. I have worry. I have doubt. I have fear. I have all these, all these emotions that, that are in me right now and I have no joy because of it. Oh Lord, don't forget, I I have, I have a lot of anger. I'm hot tempered. I lose my patience. I lash out at my family. I lash out at people. I, I just, I struggle with patience. Lord, I also have this lack of self control. I have this lack of self control that I give in to my lust. I give in to my temptations. I give in to those things I shouldn't do. Lord, I have all these things in my family. I want to change. I want to change my marriage. I wish my marriage has more love. But right now, my marriage doesn't have love. We fight all the time. We're always arguing, Father, because I believe that she's selfish. And maybe I'm a little selfish because there's a lot of selfishness in my family. And Lord, I want to change my finances. I'm a little greedy. Well, there goes something. Well, let it go. Let it go. I have some sin in my life. I have these, I'm greedy, I'm selfish, I'm self-centered, pastor, I have all these things in my life. I mean, can you identify like to this all these things in your life? Some of you, you came to church like this. You're saying, God, change it. Please change it, God. Please fix it, God. Please, I'm, I'm Lord. I'm bringing it to you. You know, you do that thing with God that you go to the altar on Sundays and you say, "Lord, I I surrender all to you." You know, you 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 look like like Simba from The Lion King. You're saying, yeah, oh, Lord, I give it to you, Lord. I'm giving it to you." God, I just give it to you. I'm bringing it to you. Lord, I want to see change. I wanted this miracle. I'm tired of these things in my life. I want to get better, Lord. I want to get free. God, please. Please, God, please. I'm tired of it. And I go to church, and I try, and I try. And Lord, every time I look, nothing happens. Can you relate to this? You say, no, not me. you're a liar. You're tired of living like this? You're tired of of saying, Lord, I brought it to You, and I've prayed, and I've waited, and nothing's changed about my situation. I need a miracle. I want this so bad. Lord, what is it? Why doesn't it work? Because God is letting you know, like this man, there are three stages. To heal you. Would you like to know what they are? So that you can say, this will no longer be me. Stage number one. Verse 22 and 23 shows us. When they arrived to Bethsaida, some people, say with me, brought... Remember, they brought him to Jesus. And they begged him to touch the man. To heal him. They were begging for healing. Nothing happened. But the healing started when the first stage came. Jesus took the blind man by the hand. Led him out of the village. Spitting on the man's eyes. He laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see now? The first stage, the first thing Jesus did is he took him by the hand and started walking with him outside the village. See, the first stage to healing is a walk with Jesus. You cannot, listen, I'm tired of people bringing things to the Lord, praying to God, asking Him to change, and you have no walk with the Lord. I love how quiet God. Jesus had to take him first by the hand and walk with him and many people we bring things to Jesus and we beg but nothing ever changes because you truly don't have a walk with the Lord and to walk with the Lord means you have a relationship with Jesus and to have a relationship with Jesus it means you do life with him you wake up every day you spend time with him you pray you're reading your scriptures you don't make any choices without seeking the Lord you're living this life not on your own but with the Lord Lord, do you have a walk with Jesus? A walking with Jesus, a relationship with Jesus is only made possible through Him and repentance of your sin and surrendering your life and your heart to Him. And so many people say, well, I brought Him to the Lord and nothing's changed. It didn't work, but they're now walking with Him. If you want to see God begin to change things in your life, you need to allow Him To take you. Notice Jesus took him. It was an act of blind faith, literally blind faith. The man didn't know where he was going, what Jesus was doing, but he put his faith and his trust in him and started walking with him. That's what salvation looks like. You put your faith and your trust in Jesus and you walk step by step with him every day and you'll begin to see your life transformed. The first stage to healing is walking with the Lord. And I asked myself, Lord, why is it no one really wants to walk with you anymore? Because notice, as Jesus took him, he took him out of the village. And the reason that so many people don't really want to walk with the Lord, because you're afraid he's going to take some things out of your life you want to keep. If you're, you talk about Jesus like you're losing something. Well, if I become a Christian, I can't do this anymore. I can't do that anymore. But you don't know as Jesus began to take him out, he was headed towards bigger and better things. But we view Jesus like a killjoy. And the reason we don't want to walk with Him is because we know that, well, if I walk with Him, it means I'm going to have to leave this relationship. I'm going to have to leave this sin. I'm going to have to leave this lifestyle. Here's, here's the truth. Yes. Yes. And as long as you continue to stay where you're at and fail and refuse to put your faith and trust in Jesus, you'll continue to bring things to a God that's not even your God. You'll continue to pray and beg and nothing changes. Can I tell you that as I read this passage, They brought him to Jesus. And I, I thought maybe, wow, what a that, that's a great group of friends. They brought him to Jesus. But can I tell you why they brought him to Jesus? Because Jesus was in town. It was convenient. Oh, Jesus is here. Oh yeah, let's just do matters well. And some of us were like that. You want to walk with Jesus to the point where it's convenient, but if it becomes an inconvenience to you, you're out. And they brought him to Jesus, but that was just a little thing they did. Can I stab you for a little bit? The first stage will never really change you because They did something. They brought him to Jesus. a little thing. And look, I'll put a little bit of water here. Still the same. Nothing's changed. You know why? Because you're asking God to do a lot while you give him a little. Mmm. Mmm. You're asking God, I want a love from you, Lord. I want you to do this and do this and do miracles. But I don't want to be inconvenienced. So some of you think your life is going to change when you just give God a little bit of your time on Sunday. Are you kidding me? You think that two hours a week is going to transform your life? Some of you say, no, you just give God a little bit of your time. You give God a little bit of your prayer. You're just pray a little. You spend time with God's Word, but I'm just going to read a little bit. And all week long, you ignore God, but it's Sunday, I'm going to give you a little bit of my time. A little bit. Oh, something moved. Yeah, but nothing changed. And some of you, you come to church and it moves you, but you don't change. You're moved, but I'm so moved by what you say. But I'm asking you, I don't care that you're moved. What I care is that you're changing. And what happens in the church today, in our country right now, churches are all about movement and not change. Don't get me started. Nothing's changed. So God says, oh, you want me to Do all this, but you're going to give me a little bit of that? Just a a little bit of your devotion? Just a little bit of your time? Just a little bit of your commitment? You need to repent of giving God little and expecting Him to do a lot. You bring things to the Lord. You beg Him to change your life, your family, your marriage, your finances, your body. Your thing. You say, Lord, please do this. Lord, I want more in my life. And yet when it comes to you, you say, Lord, I'm just going to give you a little. But see, something happens. You make a choice and you say, Lord, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm done with this stage. Some of you have to be done with stage number one already. You've been in this church far too long to stay on this stage. And God cannot do a lot when you give Him little. I want you to notice something. Second stage. Verse 23 and 24. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and let him out. That's stage number one. Started walking with Jesus. Come on, say it, walking with Jesus. Started walking with Jesus. And he spit on his eyes. Ew, right? Because let me tell you something, sometimes walking with Jesus gets a little nasty. It's not pretty all the time. He spit on the man's eyes. He laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? And in verse 24, the man looked and said, Yes! With excitement, yes! I see people, but uh, I can't see very clearly. They look like trees. And this is the second stage of healing that a lot of us get stuck in. The better stage is, is blurry vision better than no vision. That's better, right? But is blurry vision now the best vision? So, you see, my point better isn't best. I'm about to preach now. Listen. <laughs> You're saying, Lord, you're, some of you, you're moved. You're saying, okay, God, I got it. I've been giving you a little. Monday morning, not today, i got to get something done. Monday morning, I'm going to start walking with you. So some people, they get out of the first stage. I'm going gonna, gonna to start praying with God. I'm going to start spending more time with him. I'm going to start, you know. And what happens as you get, oh, what? I, you know, God says, yeah. You know? Whoa! You know what happens? You get God, I'm going to do a little more better than this. Things start getting better in your life. I'm walking with Jesus. Oh, I'm good now. Because you know when you walk with Jesus, things start changing. And you know, you're like, man, I've been walking with Jesus. I remember when this used to be a sin. Now, some of you remember your walk. You're like, how did I ever do that? I can't believe I used to struggle with this. I Oh my, I don't even want to talk about it. And you're walking with Jesus, and man, he's like moving things. He's changing that little attitude of yours. He's changing that mindset of yours. That habit, it ain't a habit no more. Oh, praise God, that's awesome. And you come to church, and you're saying, man, I'm so much better. Are you better? Yeah, listen, did it get better? Let me hurt your feelings. It's better. See, now it's halfway. This is where the majority of Christians are at with their life and their healing. You're saying, it's better. I'm better. My life is better with Jesus. My marriage is better. My kids are better. My life is better. Everything is better. But if better was enough, why did Jesus not leave them like that? Hmm. Hmm. He didn't leave him like that. If I were Jesus, I would have said, bro, it's better than nothing. I got things to do. People to die for. Be gone. See, this man was, was honest. He said, yes. He was thankful. Yes. Are you thankful for the things the Lord has changed? Yeah. But, he says this, let's read it again, verse 23 and 24. He said, the man looked around, Jesus took the blind man by the hand, he let him out, he's walking with Jesus, it got a little nasty, but things are getting better now, he's walking, he's walking, and Jesus says, hey, any change? Notice verse 24. The man looked around and said, yes, man, things have changed. Yes, are you with me? Yes. I see people. She's like, yeah, but how many of your butt gets in the way? But I can't see them clearly, you know? He was telling Jesus the honest truth. Lord, I'm grateful that you've given me blurry vision. It's better than no vision. I'm grateful that you've made things better. But, Lord, if you want to be honest, let's be honest here. But, Lord, I still have these issues in my life. It's better. But, Lord, if I don't fix this, it's going to destroy my family. Lord, things are better, but if I don't get rid of this, it's going to really hinder my life. And the reason this is such a sad stage is because a lot of Christians stay here. We we just brag about how much better we've gotten. But there's a lot of half and half Christians now. And you say, Well, I'm better. I'm better. And we say cheesy things like, You know, you're not where you need to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. You know what you're doing? You're letting them settle. You just got to tell them, You're not where you need to be. You better change. But that's not nice. But nice won't change you. Things were better. And the majority of people are walking with Jesus, and things have gotten better, but there's a lot of things that has not changed about you. Oh, you go to church, and you're walking with God, and, and you're saved, but there's so much more. There's another side to you. You say, Lord, I know that, that you've done this in my life, but I still have this. And we actually settle for this like it's a good thing. But remember, his blurry vision was better than no vision. But even though it was better, it was not enough for Jesus. And it shouldn't be enough for you. Jesus wanted to do more in this man than just make him better. We got so prideful and excited about better. My life is better. I'm going to give you some examples. It makes me laugh. He's saying, Pastor, so much better with my temper. I only lashed out twice today. I'm like, wow, that's progress. You're still lashing out. Man, I'm so much better with my habits. I only did it three times today. I'm so much better with my smoking. I'm down to two packs a day. You're still smoking. Thank God Nancy smoked free for two years. All right. Yeah. She didn't settle for better. She settled for complete. I'm so much better with my walk with God. I'm going to church like twice a month now. And I'm doing so much better when I'm in church. I only looked at my phone three times now. And I'm so much better in my financial discipline. I only bought three pairs of shoes now instead of ten. I'm so much better with my lust. I only looked for a few seconds instead of a minute. And you say, well, I'm better. Yeah, you're better. But why didn't Jesus leave him that way? Because it would have been a problem if you see people like trees. Trust me, you're going to look crazy talking to trees. How are you today? Good morning. Why are you so quiet? Jesus says you're better, but I can't leave you that way. You're better, but you can't stay like that. But we settle for this life of, of, well, I'm halfway there. I'm good. I'm better. But, oh, I'm better. But, why didn't this work for Jesus? I want to tell you something. This might work for you, but it doesn't work for God. These these half-minded Christians are ruining the reputation of God. Let me explain why. Let me prove it to you. I want to assume that all of us at Forward have gotten better. But you're not there yet. But you're settling. At least I'm not where I used to be, Pastor. That's good. But you know why this is so messed up as a Christian? Why I'm so messed up? It's because when the world that doesn't know Jesus looks at you, what do you think they look at? What half? The ping pong half. Come on. You think someone that doesn't know Jesus says, wow, look at them, they go to church. Look at them, they read their Bible. Wow, they're so nice. You know, if they know you're a Christian, they're waiting for you to mess up. When they look at you, they're not looking at your better half. They're not looking at the side that Jesus did change. They're looking at their bad side. And it's no wonder they say, man, that, that's what it means to be a Christian. They're not looking at this. They're looking at that. This is why today, the next generation of people don't want anything to do with Christ. You know that 72% of kids out of high school never return to church? Why? Because they see the half-minded lifestyle of their parents. And when your kids look at you, they're not looking at the half that goes to church and prays when they can and tries their best. They're looking at that side of you that you know is disappointing God. They're looking at the side of you that's sinful. They're looking at the emotional side of you that doesn't honor God. And then you're telling them, you better serve God. Why? So I can look like that? I'd rather just go all in with the worlds. But hey, you're better. But better isn't best. So Jesus says, I have to touch you a third time. The third touch, 24 and 25. The man looked around and said, yes, I'm better. But there's, still, there's things about me, Lord, that if, if you don't fix, it's going to ruin my life. And I'm grateful for what you've done, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. In verse 25, then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. The third stage. And his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored. And he could see everything clearly. That's what healing looks like. Complete. See what what Jesus says? I don't just want you better as you keep walking with me. I want to continue to fill your life so much so it takes time. It's not instant. But as I begin to fill you, as you begin to walk with me, there's so many things. But I can change everything. I can change everything. Wait, does that mean I'll be perfect? No. Because you know when the devil tries to put things back, it bounces right out. That's how you know you're full of the Spirit. Because the devil might try to throw it back, but it doesn't stick to you like it used to. Come on, you you repent easy. But some of you, your life doesn't look like that. You're just on the second stage. You're stuck there. We're stuck and, and we need the Lord to completely fill us. You know how you do that? You go all in with the Lord. You don't settle for just, oh, I'm, I'm just going to be better. You said, Lord, I want to be complete. I want to be delivered. I want to be completely healed from this. And the reason that so many Christians stay on the second stage, I believe, is because you need the Lord to touch you again. Touch you like He used to. But somewhere along your walk with Jesus, you got lazy. Somewhere along your walk with Jesus, you got distracted. You settled for better when God had more. Somewhere along your relationship with the Lord, you really stopped being passionate towards Him. And, and you just stop and it's a routine and you're just going and going, but nothing gets better, but it hasn't changed much. Do you really want that for your life? You need to be honest with God and you need to say, Lord, I need you to touch me again. I need that third touch from you. I need you to touch me again like you used to. I love that the Lord looked at him and he didn't see just the better half. He saw that other half that wasn't pleasant, that other half that wasn't complete. And the Lord was willing to say, I want to reach out again and touch you. And I don't know who this is for, but when the Lord looks at you, he's not disappointed. He's not angry. He wants to reach out to you again and touch you like he used to. He wants to put that love again in you passion you once had, that fire you once had for the Lord. And some of you need to say, Lord, I need another touch. Because I'm dry, I'm empty, I'm better, but I'm just half and half. I need another touch. But you need to go all in. But you have a choice to make today. As we close, you have a choice to make. You're going to continue to bring things to the Lord and beg Him and have nothing change. But you can choose today and say, you know what? Lord, forgive me for bringing things to you when I don't have a relationship with you. And Lord, I want to faithfully put my trust in you really walk with you and whatever you're willing to do I surrender you want to take things out of my life like this man Jesus took him out of his village you say Lord whatever you need to do I surrender Some of you are going to choose to just have this be another service, another Sunday, and you're going to walk away, and you're going to be in crisis, you're going to continue to bring things to the Lord, and beg Him, and nothing changes. So you need to choose today whether you're truly going to surrender your life to Jesus or not. And some of you are saying, Pastor, I have a walk with Jesus, I have a relationship with But I need to confess, I've settled for better. When God has so much more to get out of me. And I'm doing better and I'm grateful that that He's made my life better. But if I'm honest with Jesus today, there's things inside of my life that need to go. But somewhere down my walk with the Lord, I've, I've kind of just got. Just settled in with this and accepted this half and half and I'm just in between God and sin in the world and God and sin in the world. I'm kind of half right now. I'm not all in, but I'm in somewhat. Stop it. Some of you need to be honest and say, Lord, I need another touch for me. I don't feel you like I used to. You imagine the first time this man felt Jesus touch him, the excitement? That Jesus actually reached out and grabbed me and he's walking with me. You know, when I read the Bible, I'm in it. It's like if it's me. And if I'm that blind man, I'm thinking, I can't believe Jesus is walking with me. I can't believe I'm holding Him right now. I can't believe He's right in front of me. I can't believe He chose me. I can't believe He's doing this. I can't believe this is so exciting. Do you remember a time in your life when you first started walking with Jesus? The joy and the excitement you had, but now it's gone. You say, I don't don't feel like that anymore. I'm kind of just been dry and and passive. He has more for you. So stop being mad at God. And go all in. And say, Lord, touch me again. Like you used to. How do you know you've been healed? Not better. How do you know you've gone from better to best? How do you know you've gone from being a better Christian to the best version of one? How do you know you're living not just as a better spouse, but the best spouse you can be? How do you know you've moved on from stage two and you're living in God's best? Verse 26, this is the only way you know. Jesus sent him away. He's been healed. He's been complete. But notice he said, don't go back into that village on your way home. Notice what Jesus said. And I don't know why. Don't ask me after church. I don't know why. But Jesus said, don't go back. You know how you've been healed? You don't go back to things Jesus took you out of. But if you find yourself saying, oh, the Lord, I got, I was doing better, but now I'm back to it. You're not healed. You know you're healed because you're able to look back and say, I'll never go back to that. That's how you know you've been healed. When you've been healed, you say, I'm over with that sin. I'm not going back to that. I'm not going back to bitterness. I'm not going back to sadness and discouragement. I'm not going back to lust. I'm not going back to those habits. I'm not going back to depression. I'm not going back to that joyless, lost person. I'm not going back. Lord, touch me in such a way that I don't go back to it. Where is that in the church today? But we have so many Christians that are settled for half. I'm better. But are you delivered? Come on, stand up with me. Let's pray today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know who I'm speaking to today, you're listening maybe online even. And you don't know how you ended up on this YouTube channel. You don't know how you ended up on this podcast. But the Lord does. He's reaching out to you. Maybe you're here physically in this church today and you thought it would be another Sunday, just another Sunday. Why do you want just another Sunday? Don't you want to reach that place where the Lord touches you again and you don't go back to those things that were hindering your life? Better is not best. Live in God's best. So if you're here this morning, the first prayer I want to lead you in. This maybe you're bringing things to the Lord because you believe in Him. You say, "I know there's a God. I know there's. I believe in Jesus." But truly, I'm asking you: Are you bringing things to the Lord and begging Him to change, and nothing's happened? I believe it's because you truly don't have a relationship with Him. You're truly not walking with Him. Once this man truly started walking with Jesus is when the Lord began to do a work in his life. And having a walk with Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, is recognizing your need for him, recognizing that you're a sinner. You and I are sinners. But Jesus died on the cross for those sins, so that if anyone believes in him, we'll be saved. And the same way this man, he put his faith and his trust. When Jesus reached out to him, he took the hand. And he let Jesus lead. What being saved means is you surrender your life to Jesus and now he takes the lead. It's no longer you living for yourself. This man didn't deserve it. Jesus reached out to him out of love and grace and mercy. Maybe you've been in church time and time and time again, but you really haven't walked with him. What are you waiting for? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. when you do, the Lord will begin to pour himself into your life in such a way that little by little, you'll begin to see the transformation and the change. And maybe you're here this morning, you're saying, Pastor, I am walking with Jesus, but I'm half right now. I've settled And I need the Lord to touch me again. I've lost that joy of my salvation. I've lost that excitement, that fire. And I've just settled. And Lord, I know I'm better. And I thank you that I'm better. But I know in the eyes of God, better is not best. The Lord has more for your life than where you're at if you have settled So I want to lead you in this altar call today, in this prayer today, if you're here. And you're saying, Lord, I want to start walking with you. I want to truly begin a relationship with you. I'm tired of bringing things to you and begging out of you, but not seeing my life transformed. Today, I truly want to place my faith and trust in you and go to that first stage and just walking with you. If that's you today, would you lift your hands up in confession? Every eye is closed, God bless you, God bless you. See all of you there, God bless you. I have been praying for you for months. (laughs) I have been praying for you for months. Can we praise God right now? if you're here this morning and you're saying I want to walk with Jesus he's ready, he's reaching, he's ready to take you, I love that the Bible says Jesus took him because we have a God that's so loving, he will take you as you are, but he won't leave you that way and if you're here this morning and you're saying I'm ready to walk with him Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. You come to this altar right now. I want to lead you in this prayer. Come on. Give them encouragement. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Come on. And if you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I'm better because I know I'm walking with Jesus. but I have settled for better and I'm not living my best. If that's you right now, you come to this altar too. There's no shame in that. I wish I was up here with you. I'm on stage, but I will be up there with you. Come on, everyone. Come on. Come on. You're saying I'm not living my best. I'm half. I'm half. Come forward. Come on. Keep coming. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You come up. You come up. You're listening online. I'm going to lead you in this prayer too. You want to go all in. You're saying, Lord, I want a second touch, and I'm thankful for the second touch, but I need a third touch. I need you to touch me again, like you used to. You pray this with me from your heart. For the first group of people that raised their hands, or maybe you're listening online, you're saying, I want to begin a walk with Jesus. You pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I'm ready. Forgive me of my sins. And today, I ask you to save me. I put all my faith and trust in you, asking you to be the Lord of my life and take the lead. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're here this morning and you have a walk with the Lord and you know you're on your way to heaven, but you're honest enough like this man was honest with Jesus. I'm grateful, yes, I'm better, but I am not there yet. I have things in my life, Lord, you need to heal. I have things in my life you need to get out now. But Lord, I need another touch from you. I want to pray with you. Lord Jesus, in your name and only in your name, I pray for everyone here that's walking with you, that Lord, they have taken you by the hand or faithful and following you Jesus but along the way Lord they settled, they've been better you made them better but Lord they've settled for that and there's still things in their life that need to be healed Lord you are a God that will touch again and I pray in the name of Jesus that you will touch again and move again and continue the work that you started because your word says and we declare it today that you be a good work and you will finish it to completion so I pray that you will get started on what people have left behind, Father continue to work again in their lives transform them, renew them, change them God and help them and touch them again, bring love back and passion back and fire back as they go all in again Father, forgive us when we've asked you to do much while we've given you little and we pray, Lord, that she would heal us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Give him a shout of praise today if you guys have been blessed today. And remember, better isn't best. Say that with me. Better isn't best. It's, it's going to get a lot better now, but don't settle for that. Say, Lord, I want to live in your best.